This week on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture, Father Joshua Wirth talks about the dangers of spiritual pride. What is spiritual pride? How does the devil like to confuse us? How was St. Paul aware of spiritual pride? Well, let's find out. Father Joshua is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Ken Billinger. Going to welcome in Father Joshua Worth. Needs little introduction to, to Divine Mercy Radio. For the listeners who might not know or those listening as they are traveling down I-70, Father Joshua is the pastor of St. Bernard Parish in Ellsworth and the Catholic chaplain for the Ellsworth Correctional Facility. Father Joshua was instrumental in helping Divine Mercy Radio get off the ground and running, wrote the mission statement for the radio station, and began Double-Edged Sword shows. So, uh, again, Father Joshua, welcome. Good to see you again. Welcome to you, Deacon. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. Was following you on Facebook or journey and yeah. your ordination still stuff. seems kind of weird but yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway uh w- welcome it's always great to have you in and, and you're going to talk a little bit about the dangers of spiritual pride yeah and i don't see a lot of questions in front of me so i'm assuming that uh, you're gonna you're gonna be able to um uh, run with this thing yeah i never i never know what i'm gonna say so yeah that, that's really, okay they didn't really that's have any okay. any questions that's for okay. me <laughs> but um as you can see i brought my textbook here for those on St. John of the Cross. St. John of the Cross. But, yeah, um, awesome. Something that uh, I've been noticing, especially has really gotten worse during uh, the pandemic and election and stuff like that, but we're kind of used to habits of sin and slavery of sin and, you know, people not going to Mass and, and you know, I'm assistant to the exorcist and I get a lot of people that were um, maybe dabbled in the occult or something like that. And we get out of that finally through God's grace, through confession. You know, I see it uh, with my prisoners when I'm able to see them that they're they're leaving behind a lot of uh, terrible stuff. And now we're going to Mass, and now we're going and we're having a prayer life, and we're reading spiritual books, and we kind of can get into a kind of a false security where we think, well, we're done with sinning. All that's in the past, all that's in the and taken care of and thankfully it's all going to be smooth sailing from here but the devil has is a kind of a evil genius right he's an evil genius so he's got a plan for us when we're deep in that sin those habitual sins those addictions and he's got a plan for us when we get out of that stuff too and that is usually some type of spiritual pride you know we know that when we're we tend to know when we're in lust. We tend to know when we're in anger or gluttony or something like that. But it's really hard to tell when you're in spiritual pride. Are you are you going beyond where even the church has said we're allowed to go in certain teachings or certain certain things? So that's what I've been reading about. That's what I've been studying about, and that's what I've been seeing a lot in in my my exorcism ministry, my deliverance ministry, um, but also just in past being a pastor. I've been seeing it, and I've been seeing um, different uh, aspects in, in not only in, in the country, but just in, in people's daily lives and personal lives. Uh, you've got the big book there from St. John of the Cross. <laughs> I'm going to let you jump right into that. Yeah. So St. John, um, of course, a master of mystical things. So he, he, uh, he talks about the danger of um, 
that can be laid in uh, kind of mysticism. So we've, we've left behind sin. We left behind the flesh. We're kind of detached from those sins. And now we're praying. Now we're meditating. And one way that we might um, get into spiritual pride is we start hearing things. We start hearing good things. We might hear a, a voice when we're praying. We might see something. We might have a vision. We might have a locution. And usually when people you know, tell me that, that they have that, they usually feel the sense of security that, that I've left all my sin behind and now I'm, getting, now I'm getting messages from God. And now I know that that is something that God is blessing me with and I feel good about it and I want more of it. And so St. John actually says this can become a unhealthy attachment. So now we've detached ourselves from from the habitual sins, but this can actually become an unhealthy attachment too, where we are now loving all the different um, blessings and consolations. And he says this is actually opposed to the way of the cross. The way of the cross, the way that our master Jesus taught us, is not blessings upon consolations upon blessings upon consolations. It's it's difficulty and denials and and uh, trials. Those that's the way of the cross. So even these supernatural gifts, it seems that we're getting messages or whatever it may be, could be a way that the devil is using to pull us away from the natural, the real path of the cross, and we are becoming enemies of the cross. And it's it's uh, it's scary to think that we can't trust our, our senses, and we think we're getting a good message, but St. Paul reminds us, you know, that the devil can even disguise himself as an angel of light. So just because it has a sweet voice, just because it seems to be presenting itself as an angel or a saint or even Jesus himself does not mean that it's from God. It still needs to be tested. And people, I've been tuning in and out during the week, and a lot of people have been talking about discernment of spirits and, and things of that nature. And St. John actually goes the farthest to say, if you get any of these supernatural things, ignore them, whether they're from don't he says don't even waste the energy trying to discern if it's from God or if it's from from the devil because that's going to be energy that is going to lead you away from from the cross and going to lead you away from the path of faith because what is we learn from scripture we learn that that we live by faith not by sight right and so when we're seeing things when we're hearing things when we're getting bodily senses of things even though they might be consoling things, that's actually taking us away from the path of faith, St. John of the Cross tells us. That now we're depending on seeing things. Now we're depending on a, a word of consolation. Now we're depending on, on this message, and we're no longer trusting by faith. And the other, the other thing Jesus tells us is, is, blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. We actually lose blessings the more we're relying on, well, I saw that I had this vision or I had this message or I had the things of the senses. These are this is usually the realm of the devil where he uses senses to trick us. Instead, we need to ignore all of that, not even try to discern it, ignore it and just stick to the deposit of faith, the deposit of faith that we've been we've been given. So, um that's something I've been trying to tell people cuz I get people coming in and they're saying, I'm having these visions, so I know I'm blessed by God, and I know it's true, and, and, I, and I'm supposed to tell you this, and I'm supposed to tell you that. But I say, listen, you have to ignore it. You have to ignore it because if it's from God, 
St. John of Cross uses this great analogy. He says it's like a window pane, all right? A window pane of glass that if it's from God, the sun doesn't need permission to come through that glass, but the devil does. So in a, in a way, we should not be opening up the windows of our soul to every message. We should open up the blinds of our soul. And if it's and then when we get these different maybe these little words in in prayer that maybe God trying to give us a consolation or it might be the devil trying to trick us. Either way, if it's from God, that sunlight's gonna get through. And so we don't need to we don't need to accept any of those messages. In fact we should reject all of them, Saint Saint John the Cross says, and we should ignore them. Um, because we're actually being pulled away from from the life of faith that that Christ calls us to, the life of the cross. We want to talk more about uh, about that spiritual pride, and and at some point at the end, I really want to ask some questions um, because there are some other dangers that we face out there. And there's, I, I want to let you continue there, but uh, some other, I guess they really do tie in. Um, to what we're talking Are about. Are they the supernatural realm questions? Or well, just about, one is about psychics and mediums. And, yeah. And just, um, you know, I, they may be something you want to address later, but... Uh, well, psychics and mediums, they're, they're either a scam artist or mm-hmm. they could be touching, you know, at worst, they could be talking to actual spirits and demons. Uh, even, even souls in purgatory know they're not supposed to talk to us. So if they do make some kind of a, approach to us, through sound or through uh, you know visual, it's only to ask to pray. So they'll 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 see they'll show us something. They'll show us something consoling. That'll remind us. They'll show us a rosary, like hey, say a rosary for me, mm-hmm. or they'll say go to mass for me, or have a mass said for me. But they know they're not supposed to have a conversation. So you know that's how you know the difference between in that in that realm when it seems to be somebody that you love um, that has passed. It's it's somebody. They're only going to ask to pray. So all the other psychic mediums like, oh, do you want to know where grandma hid the $100? You know, she's willing to tell you, whatever. And the thing is, maybe grandma did put $100 into the old Bible and put it there and forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And the demons saw that. So they go, but it was true. It was true. It was like, yes, it was true. But now they're building this trust relationship with you. And now they're getting more into it. And I think where we can get that question into spiritual pride is we have – um, people that see visions of Mary, and they they get in the news, and we even have approved visions of Mary. And so I get, you know, during the pandemic, you've probably seen it too. All these people sending me stuff. This is you know, this is the warning of Fatima come true, and this is the warning of Our Lady Akita come true, and and so we have a great gift in these approved apparitions, but it's prideful for us to say. I know how to interpret that. I know how to interpret, and this is this is the time that it was that um, Our Lady of Fatima was predicting, or this was the time Our Lady of Akita was was predicting. We don't know that. We don't know that. We haven't had an, uh, an authority from the Magisterium tell us that. What we we don't know. Uh, you know, Our Lady of Fatima said there's a greater war after World War One that's coming. Mm-hmm. Was she talking right. about World War Two? Right. Was she talking about a nuclear war with Russia that? Through her prayers was we never even saw, right? Our Lady Akita said the same thing. There's something terrible coming. Was she talking about? Was she talking about nine eleven? Was she talking about you know? For some people, 
their invasion of their country or, or you know, Rwanda and that terrible civil war they had there, that was the end of the world for them. And was she talking about that? Is it something that's still going to come up? Is it something that already happened? That Those are where we can't get into the spiritual pride that, mm. oh, you know, she was talking to America's Americans in New York or California in 2020 when they have a hard time getting to church. That was a persecution that she was referring to. It's like, okay, hold on a second. There's been a lot worse persecutions before then, before now, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more. Uh, Worse persecutions even after now. So it's hard to say what she was referring to. I think she was referring to this, our deposit of faith, which Jesus has been telling us in the gospel. Watch. Always be on the watch. Always be ready that this might be the end of your country. This might be the end of the world. Or it just could be the end of your life. Either way, you all got to pre- prepare the same way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where um, another danger of, of spiritual pride is, is trying to interpret these things that are that are allowed and um, that are approved. You know, I saw somebody sent me something from Our Lady of Akita. The seer of Our Lady Akita was making more pronouncements in 2019, and it was the same person who made the, had the visions in, in the 1970s. Well, these new ones are not approved just because it's the same person does not mean. Mm-hmm. So that's what Saint John of the Cross gets. It's what. One time you could hear a voice from God, but who knows who knows a voice of God better than the devil? He spent, you know, that time before time, mm-hmm. he spent right there in God's presence. So he can perfectly mimic that, but it's just always slightly off. So one day you could get a message from from God, and then the next it seems to be the same voice, it's the same, same sweetness, the same, but now it's the message is different slightly. This would happen to Saint Padre Pio all the time too. He, he would get messages from angels. He'd get messages from saints. And then one day he got a knock on the door, and it was his spiritual director from from the next town over, this monk. And he came, let him into his room. And now the same voice, the same person he'd gone to spiritual director to all, over and over now is saying, you know, you're no good at this monk thing, P.O. You need to quit. You're you're trying to please God, and he's offended by you trying to do this. And you need to, and he just couldn't understand the message was so different than how he used but the voice is the same the look was the same and finally he said he said father will you just say this one thing with me jesus christ is lord and then all of a sudden poof spiritual director disappeared right so we we always have to we always have to be on the watch mm. and never spiritual pride that oh i'm somehow protected i'm somehow blessed because i'm getting these messages even the seers themselves are not protected and, and uh, blessed from being deceived by the by the devil wow i've just never thought of it in those terms are very interesting yeah and part of why i was talking about psychics and mediums and people it seems like today especially people search for answers and maybe they've lost a loved one that's what, what we experience in one of our ministries for parents who've lost children yeah. is they want they want to know their kids are okay they want to know things are good yeah and so you know people say well go see a psychic or go see a, mm. a medium and, and the the other Danger in that, and and this happened. I, uh, one of the one of the people, uh, one of uh, the group members, not part of our group actually, but they had lost a son. They started a foundation. They came to talk about it, mm-hmm. and he actually looked at his wife. He said, "Should we talk about this?" Mm-hmm. And she goes, "Yeah, I think we should." Well, he said, "Well, 
if you get an opportunity, mm-hmm. I would suggest, somebody suggested to us that, that we should see a psychic. And we thought they were crazy, but here's what happened. Mm-hmm. We went to this event, and they called us out, um, and they knew everything about us, and they knew the history, and mm-hmm. they knew this and knew that. And I, before, um, I, and I had already known because we had um, somebody from Deliverance who's, who actually was ordained with me come in and talk to our group uh, over a year ago. It was a great talk. Mm came in and, and and so I knew this was wrong and I knew this was a danger and so I didn't really you know he talked a little bit about it and then moved on but I didn't really make a big deal about it because he had done the presentation but immediately that night I send an email blanket email out to the group saying this is a very dangerous thing this is something you have to be right. careful of because again as you said those the the demons mimic mm-hmm. and can make it look like something good when it truly is not yeah and so uh, there's a lot of danger there, and I think people just don't understand that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, and it, it drives me a little crazy because it's like this is not anything to, to play around with. This yeah. isn't something that we want to I had to somebody do. one time that they heard a voice. They thought it was the voice of God saying, would you put down those damn cigarettes? And he was like, that must be – it must be – and so he quit smoking, and he said, that must be – an angel because you tell me to do something good, quit smoking cigarettes. And I was like, mm, that's not how angels talk, you know. <laughs> and then he and then he kept on listening to that voice, and it just got stranger and stranger and stranger things, and blaming him for all this stuff. And um, yeah, we have. To, it's very strange. It'll start off with something, you know, because a trap, a snare, always has something desirable in there, and those demons know what what is our greatest desire is often that comfort. And that, and that, uh, you know, consolation, and so they offered that up at the beginning. You know, the only real uh, Saint John of the Cross says that in the beginning of somebody's prayer life, God will give them consolations, and and sometimes these uh, visions of encouragement for beginners. They let them know that there that is part of the journey, but that's not mm-hmm. the whole journey. If you look at the gospel, how many times did the, the apostles hear some the heavenly father speak they they heard him at the at the baptism this is my son you know listen to him and then what was immediately following that he was driven out in the desert and the temptations of the, of the devil the other time is the transfiguration transfiguration they hear that voice from god and they're like wow we want to stay here we want to be here and then they come down from there and immediately after that story the next story is they came down from, from Mount Tabor and there was an exorcism going on. And that was the boy, the father, and the apostles couldn't cast him out except through uh, only Jesus could through prayer and, and fasting. Mm-hmm. And so when you often see this, it's very scary, but um, you have to be aware. Wherever the Holy Spirit shows up, the devil shows up right afterwards because he's, he's mad about that God revealed himself, and so he wants to try to steal some of that thunder, and he wants to confuse us. He wants to – I've even heard uh, you know, somebody talk about um, – this priest talk about – where was it? St. Bernadette, and that was Lourdes. And after she saw uh, you know, Our Lady of Lourdes and she, she uh, left, then they would see – people were seeing people levitating, in the, in the, and they would see angels, and they'd see all this stuff going on afterwards. That was not a, not approved. 
because that was the devil getting in there trying to say, hey, look, she's crazy. Look, now this person's crazy. They're seeing floating animals. They're seeing this. They're mm-hmm. seeing that. And so there's something in the water. There's something, that, you know, and trying to show these powerful things and to confuse the message and and get people to to start saying, oh, I'm a seer, too. I saw somebody levitating or something of, of that nature. So it's it's always the devil always gets in there with that with that consolation. That's why St. John of the Cross is like, you have to ignore this stuff. This is this is not the cross. There was only a couple times of consolation, and that was just to let people know what was on the other side of the cross. We have to be, when we lose a loved one, we have to be like Mary who had to uh, wait those three days. And it might be longer than three days before we know. But um, And then Jesus visited her, and we don't have any account of, of him visiting her again. You know, so that... She had to live like the rest of us where waiting to to her assumption, waiting till she entered the heavenly gates to be reunited with Jesus. And so she shares in, in that desire to be reunited with loved ones. And we have to just like she worried for three days when Jesus lost in the temple. She worried for three days when he was waiting from the resurrection. And then she was anticipating that great reunion in the heavenly realm. When, when she was assumed into heaven as well. Man, it's easy to get caught up. I can see how that can happen. There's so many things. The devil, of course, very tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the other thing that Father Leo and I were talking about, we've talked about kind of throughout this week, and I'm, I want to kind of throw this out there to you as well. It's kind of amazing because many people think, well, oh gosh, I don't even think the devil exists. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you say to somebody like that? Well... That's that's funny because uh, at prison, maybe those guys have trouble believing in in the uh, in God, but they believe in the devil. You know, they uh, because he is more visual, and they've been in in uh, you know the drug dens, and they've been in the brothels, and they've been in that stuff, and they're like, there's somebody pulling. They can just see that somebody's there's a. They can feel the devil's breath. They can see his fingerprints all over that. It's some kind of evil genius that's pulling the strings of all the, like, it just can't all happen. Each person turns evil. There seems to be somebody kind of planting these these seeds everywhere of, of this evil that's um, growing in the world. And so that's usually not, not the uh, problem we have. In fact, that's where we run into spiritual pride is where we don't think we need a savior. So they don't believe uh, there's a there's a need for a savior because they don't think anybody's fallen. They just think people make bad decisions. They don't see anybody pulling the strings behind and stuff. And um, But all you got to do is go out and, and work in some kind of drug rehab place or go to some psychiatric uh, hospital or something like that. And you'll see that there, there's something, something going on. And um, once they see that evil, usually when these prisoners see that evil, they go, they know about how when they go into prison, they need somebody stronger than they need protection from a strong person to survive prison. And when they encounter the devil, they go, man, I really hope there's somebody out there that's stronger than this guy. And Jesus would, would often say, I am the power that would tie up the strong man. And I rob, I'm the one that robs the strong man of his possessions because I am stronger than even the devil. 
and and that he's going to take all the devil's property because we kind of before baptism we kind of belong to the devil. It's like we're addicted to the drug that he is selling, and the, and the drug is sin, original sin. And uh, he's willing to do that battle, have that battle with the devil, and and pull pull us out um, from the devil's territory. And so. I don't. I think people need to be better students of history. I think when they don't believe in the devil, they just need to read some accounts of the gulags in the Soviet Union, or read some accounts of concent, concentration camps, and how those those men hated God, and how they would they were oftentimes in the occult or in Satanism, because that was the only place that they uh, could justify justify what they were, the evil that they were doing. And once you see that evil, you're like, oh, I need God to save me from this evil. And thankfully, he's stronger than than the devil. You talked about the concentration camps. Another, you know, one other thing that people don't realize that's obviously very demonic is just the whole abortion industry Mm -hmm. and what's going on there. And I don't know if you have time or want to touch on that at all, but just another area where that. Well, it could lead me into another area where I wanted to talk about spiritual pride, and that is Fulton Sheen, Blessed Fulton Sheen, or Venerable Fulton Sheen. We're hoping to make him blessed here pretty soon. Uh, Venerable Fulton Sheen, he would say, you want to know the signs of a demonic age or demonic civilization. And he said, the three things demons love is they love death, violence, they love nudity, and they love they love division. Right? He gets all that from the Gerasene uh, demoniac who, who was naked, beating himself with rocks and they couldn't contain him even though they put chains on him he would always beat up whatever mm-hmm. and, and when they asked him what his name was legion because we are many he's divided amongst himself mm-hmm. even the demons were kind of fighting each other inside inside of him and and he says okay now let's look at our culture let's look at let's look, look at america is there a love of violence obviously with not just um violent sports or that we always seem to be in war and these endless wars and we're never never at peace. But then the most terrible violence of all is the violence of the womb of abortion. So we see the only problem is it's not visible. If it was visible, we'd put an end to it very quickly. Now we're resuming uh, you know, federal executions. And this is where we can get a spiritual pride because, because our Holy Father has said there might have been under JP2 St. JP2 said executions are almost, you know, the death penalty, it's almost the necessity for it is almost non-existent in our modern world. Mm-hmm. And and JP2 or Pope Francis said it was almost non-existent and he says, you know, now with our our modern world, we can we can there's no need, there's always another option besides a death penalty. And so he says now it's inadmissible. And and I think I resisted that at first. That was my own spiritual pride, saying, no, no, I like Pope John Paul, Jeff, you know, his definition better. And But time has progressed. I would, you know, I used to say, what about Saddam Hussein? He had all this army. You can't, you can't, uh, he'd ha- have to execute him or he'd go back into power. Well, we could have put him in Guantanamo Bay. That was a possibility. Or what about El Chapo, who keeps on escaping from Mexican prisons, you know, and the drug cartel and, and bribing everybody in corruption? Well, we transferred him to an American prison, and now that hasn't happened. So there's always another option for that, and it's our spiritual pride that says, no, 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 
I know better than the Holy Father. I know better than than this. And we we put ourselves as as the top of the of the hierarchical food chain. But this is not this is not a a uh, church where where we vote on this stuff. It progresses, but we have to trust the Holy Spirit working through our bishop and and our pope. And I think that's the difficulty right now, Ken, is that is that um, there's so much um, there's so much. Let's just say after last couple summers, there's a vacuum of, of moral authority and credibility amongst the bishops. Okay, and now people are looking for something to fill that in, and they're turning to their own bishop, or you know, they'll find their favorite bishop, or they'll find their favorite theologian, they'll find their favorite. Uh, They'll go. They'll say, "I'm. I listen to Benedict Sixteenth. I'm not going to listen to Pope Francis or something like that." And I heard you talking to um, Eric Brown before I got here, and you saying, "You know, some of the news sources I can't trust." And he was talking about the national news. We know that there are biased reporting yeah. of national news to create anger and division because that drives advertising. That drives clicks. If we know that about national news. But then the same people that are complaining that that national news is biased, they're only they're only trying to cause division. They'll turn around and support somebody that is biased in their reporting of what's going on in the church to create division. And that was the third uh, sign I was going to get to. So that so love of nudity, we see that with pornography, of course, and then division. That division that. We're so divided as Americans. We're so divided as Catholics. Mm-hmm. And Venerable Fulton Sheen said that's a sign of the demonic, that we are so divided, and we're listening to people that are, are – and we're supporting people that are furthering the division, that are saying the bishops have no moral authority anymore, moral credibility, so I, listen to me. I'm going to fill in that vacuum, and we're so hungry for it, but that's not the proper way. Instead, we need to look for who's trying to bring us together, who's trying to bring unity you know, it's, it's such a sad state right now that we're in, where everybody, it seemed the news was ex- really scared about having a Catholic judge, Supreme Court judge, but they were really excited about a Catholic, yeah. uh, you know, I presidential know. candidate. Go figure. And I'm like, what? what? Look at all this terrible division that's going on in our church. This is a sign of demonic. Where are we going to turn? We can't turn to a, a, a shadow parallel magisterium. We have to... Pray when we don't understand why our bishops are doing what they're doing, whether it be COVID lockdowns or vaccines or whatever. We have to pray and we have to ask the Holy Spirit for guidance and we have to pray for them. We have to pray for the Pope. We have to pray for our bishops. You know, it's just so terrible that they didn't know that they were going to be going through this. We have moral theologians whose job is to tell us whether taking a vaccine or that vaccine is, is morally acceptable or not. So if we're if we're not listening to our own moral theologians, if we're saying I'm my own moral theologian, we're getting into that danger of spiritual pride. Yeah, it's really um, that was a frustration. I know we had a caller yesterday talk about you know what what are some of the things um, you know he was asking my opinion what, for what that's worth, but mm-hmm. but just what um, what the biggest one of the biggest issues in the church is today, and it is the division. I mean, you look at. Prelates that are saying, "Oh, well, this is okay." Um, um, we, you know, I would give Biden communion. Uh, mm-hmm. These things, and then over here we have those who are standing strong and standing mm-hmm. firm, 
where we need to be, but yet this is going on over here. So right. if people agree with this, they're going to say, well, that's yep. bishop or this, well, now cardinal says this yeah. is okay. Yeah. And so we have all this division, and it's very, it's very frustrating when people say, but why is this happening in the church? I said, the human element. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are the pride and the, the fall of man has yeah. really caused it. We're going to always have that human element within the church, unfortunately, but it is, it's there. Mm-hmm. We have to just trust what the true teachings of the church are and follow that and know that that is the truth. Right. But otherwise, we seem to be going in all different yeah. directions. We have to do with what St. John the Cross is saying. Even, he was talking about the supernatural, but even with all this, all this news that we get from different sides, different bias uh, groups, whatever, we, we uh, let God's love shine through that glass. We don't open ourselves up to it and say, if it, if it illuminates something in the deposit of the faith, then that's great. You know? So Pope, Pope Francis changing the catechism so that you know, it's inadmissible. Okay. That makes sense with light of, you know, would we have executed Moses or David or King David or St. Paul? There was legal justification to, to ex- execute all of them, but there was a, that wasn't admissible for their, for their predicament. So we have to say there's times and places where we should exercise charity, and we don't know, you know, you know with prison ministry— Something like three percent, four percent of the people we execute are end up being proven innocent later. And how exactly. how are we able to make that determination? Because we weren't on the jury. Is all these people, all these people are trying to um, put them. They don't. They weren't at Rome when these things happened. They weren't at the jury when this. They weren't at the crime scene when it happened. And they want to say that they somehow know with some kind of moral certainty what the truth is when when. Uh, our own moral theologians are saying, we don't know. We don't know what's going on. So we need to we need to hesitate and we need to side on, on the side of charity so that we don't accidentally execute somebody innocent like a St. Paul or a Jesus or or something of that nature. And, sure. and always going back to the deposit of faith, I think, is an important thing. Illuminating that. Going back to and then lifting up in prayer those that we can't quite understand. Like I said, I had a hard time understanding the change about death penalty. But I had to, you know, thank God I'm not a bishop. Thank God I'm not the pope. <laughs> they have such so much heavy stuff on their shoulders. And they have so many people that are pulling them each direction. I mean, Pope Francis getting pulled by the German bishops. They want to go one way. And American bishops want to go another way. And Argentina bishops want to go another way. And he's got to try to hold all of it together. Yeah. Using what? Using the common deposit of faith. You know, he told the German bishops, we already have a, a German Protestant church, okay? Let's, let's not try to separate ourselves. Let's try to unify with what we know to be true and our creed and our catechism and stop thinking we're, we alone are the church. The only, le- only thing left of the church is, is sometimes what I'm seeing with people today. Mm-hmm. We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to Divine Mercy Radio. We'll be right back with more about the dangers of spiritual pride with Father Joshua Wirth. We're back on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture on Divine Mercy Radio. The dangers of spiritual pride.
with Father Joshua Worth. That was actually going to be my third example of, good thing I didn't say it, but, you know, that God presents himself, this power, and then the devil comes in to steal steal the credit of thunder. There was a resurrection and then the, the violence, the demonic violence of the first martyr. Mm-hmm. And um, so every time you see that in the gospel, you see, you see the influx of grace, and then the devil tries to come in and, and undermine it with that fear of death that he, that he did with, uh, even after resurrection. So they saw that you can't die. If you follow Jesus, you can't die. And then he brings in the violence of, of the first Christian martyr and trying to mm. undercut what, what Jesus has taught everybody. Mm. You know? wow. So this is what I'm seeing, Ken, this is what I'm seeing uh, lately during this pandemic is people have been calling me, people have been stopping by. People that used to be in a sinful life, uh, maybe even the occult or something like that, they've left it behind. They left it behind, and now they're going to mass. Now they're praying. Now they're, but but they're still feeling this attack. They're still feeling like these old wounds come up now. And I have to, you know, tell them. I have to correct them. I say, well, I have been I've been catching what you've been saying on social media, and I have to say, you know when. You've been critical of the priests, how they're handling things. You've been critical of the bishops, how they're handling things. You've been critical of the pope, how he's handling things. And I have to say that that opens us up for demonic attack. That spiritual pride that we think we know is the best over what the priests are doing, over what the bishops are doing, what, what, the, what the pope is doing. Well, we have that pride that we are, we're doing a better job of being a Catholic than they are. Yeah. Then the demons love that. It's like the game, red light, green light for them. It's like you're going to mass, you're praying. They got to stay far away. You're going to confessioners, they have to stay far away. Then you say something bad about your priest. Well, they can take one step forward, right? Yeah. But then you pray again, they got to stop. And then you say something bad about the bishop. Well, they take one step forward, right? And then they got to stop. You start praying again. And then you say something bad about the pope. Oh, they take one step forward. They love. They love that. They love that. That's God's anointed one. That's who God. That's against to speak ill of of a priest, a bishop, a the pope is to break the fourth commandment to honor your mother and your father. These are our spiritual fathers, right? And we don't always have to agree with them. We don't always have to understand them. A lot of times, I don't understand what uh, you know Pope is saying or what he's doing. But but we have to honor them. We have to love them, even if we don't like what they're doing. Okay. Because they're the Lord's anointed. For whatever reason, the Lord allowed them to to be in a position of authority over us. So we need to uh, respect that authority. We don't have, we shouldn't have blind authority, but we should respect that authority and weigh it in our judgments of, well, God did put this person in my life. Maybe there's a reason. Maybe He's trying to teach me a lesson of spiritual humility right now. That maybe I don't know always know the way. And, you know, I always look at the story of, I just reread it this summer, and it just struck me in in a new way that it never struck me before. But King David, and he wasn't king yet, Saul, King Saul. And at this time, King Saul had lost God's blessing. Prophet Samuel had anointed David as a new king, but he was never, David was never told, okay, now dispose the former king. No. He just said, you're the new king now. The blessing has left Saul. And so Saul would invite him for, for dinner and stuff, and he'd, be, he'd love him for one second, then he'd throw a spear at him, and then he'd hunt him down. But there'd be multiple times where, where, king, where David, at this time not yet crowned king, but by God he was the king, he would not 
hurt Saul. He would not even talk ill about Saul. He'd just say, why are you trying to persecute me? I'm just trying to be your obedient son and, and servant. Why are you coming after me? And he would repent, and Saul would repent and, and say, I'm not trying to kill you. Come back. And, and there was times where he could have, he could have stabbed him. Uh, you know, he could have stabbed Saul and, and ran a spear through him. There's times where, where Saul was uh, using the bathroom outside, and he cut a piece off his cloak to show that he could have he could have ran him through, but he didn't. He said, "How am I to lay the hand on the Lord's anointed? This guy's a major sinner. This guy's a major sinner, but yet he's like, how am I going to lay my hand on the Lord's anointed? I, God didn't appoint me to overthrow him, and so the Lord has to do it. Well." Saul has a battle with an, with some of the Philistines, I believe, and uh, he gets an arrow. And according to one guy, the king wanted to be ran through with a sword so that so that he wouldn't be captured and tortured and everything, and they'd mock him. But that was so the guy ran him through with a sword. Whether he Saul actually asked him to do that, we're not quite sure. But um, then he comes to King David and he says, "Here, here, I want you to know I killed King Saul for you." Where's my reward? He said, you laid your hand on the, on the Lord's anointed, and he executed that guy. <laughs> he said, don't, don't think you're going to get a reward for laying, laying a, a hand on the, king's, or the Lord's anointed. That was the king, and God didn't give you permission to overthrow him. And so we have to do this. We have to have that same respect that David said is, Said this guy's trying to kill me, but I'm not going to speak ill of him. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lay a hand on him, because God has a way of remo- removing him if He wants to remove him. And all I can do is give my my fidelity to God and in the deposit of faith, and and pray for those that I feel are persecuting me or leading people astray. Some uh, there's a powerful message there which I took away from some things because I'm definitely guilty of spiritual pride. I was going there before actually, mm-hmm. um, and not even really thinking about that. We're going to come back to that in a minute. I want to talk a little more. I want to jump back to this just a little bit. Uh, so we did get our trivia answered here for this half hour, um, and so let's let's discuss that a little more because you talked about the dangers of spiritual pride. Mm-hmm. Just realizing I, I was doing it myself mm. <laughs> just now. How do we avoid that? What do we do when we, I mean, I think obviously pray, praying for mm-hmm. those who are, mm-hmm. you know, we may not agree with. Um, yeah. And what, how, how do we, let's address that a little bit. We have to, that's, that's a part of the cross. That's part of the cross. When, when God, when Jesus told us, turn the other cheek, when he said, walk, you know, walk another mile. And a lot of times we have to walk a mile in their shoes and give them every benefit of the doubt we possibly can, because we have just have no idea how they're being torn apart, or or what lie that they were told when they were growing up, or or what you know what happened, and and we have to. It's prideful for us to think, if I was in the same situation, I would do things completely different, right? We if if we grew up the way they grew up, if we had learned the things that they learned, we might have might have done the exact same thing, you know? It'd be like saying. If I was Adam and Eve, I wouldn't have done it, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. If you had just been created a couple of days ago and some serpent was talking to you, you probably would have done the exact same thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we have to give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, you know, controversy that came up this summer, or when was it? It was last summer. Uh, you know, there was the idea at the Synod on the Amazon was uh, this Pacamama or a Pachamama, mm-hmm. Pachamama or whatever it was. Yeah. And, 
And and I was reading scripture and I was bothered by it too. And I was like, this isn't right. This isn't right. Why? Because I had uh, seen what happened when people kind of get into paganism with uh, or new age stuff with my mom. So I was sensitive to it. I was sensitive to it. But some of those bishops over there and priests over there, they're not sensitive to it. They've never seen that. They've never heard of it or anything like that. So I give them the benefit of doubt there. And then the other thing is, you know, St. Paul said a really, really challenging thing. I, I, it's, I struggle to it to this day. You know, he said, you know, Ken, think about this. If, if there was an animal sacrificed uh, to a, a pagan god, Mithra, and then it was sold at the meat market, would you, would you eat that animal? Would you eat that meat? No. No, I probably wouldn't either. St. Paul says, yeah, that's some cheap meat. I'd eat it because <laughs> there's no other gods besides the Lord God. All right. Now, do I have the same faith as as St. Paul has? Do I have the stripes to show he got beaten so many times and he got whipped so many times that he, there was nothing to test his faith in, in eating that meat? But here's the thing he said. Here's the thing he said. If that caused scandal or sin to one of my brothers, I wouldn't eat meat for the rest of my life. Not that I – it would be any sin for me to do it, but I would not want to scandalize anybody. So we have this distorted media coming from Rome. I have no idea what happened over there. I wasn't there, right? But we have distorted media coming from Rome, just like the Vatican II Council was distorted a lot of times. Mm-hmm. A lot of people didn't read it. All they did was watch the news reports of it, and so they thought they were there, right? But they weren't. You get the distorted media, uh, even church media from, from Rome. Uh, what's happening, and it could be that these bishops were saying, you know what, we're trying to reach out to these people. This is the image they brought towards us. We're going to try to teach them about the, what's really going on. Same way St. Paul went to Athens and said, here's, here's the, your idol to uh, the invisible God, the unknown God. That's Jesus, right? He was trying to take the images that they knew, the ideas that they knew, and incorporate into the med- – it wasn't very successful, okay? There was no real church of Athens that we really found. And but it wasn't a sin for him to try. Okay, so he was trying. The only the only problem was is they didn't. I think the bishops, the priests there, even maybe the pope, they didn't realize that nobody else, everybody else was being scandalized by it. And so they didn't realize there's every outreach that they were trying to do was being distorted and, and misinterpreted and twisted, and trying to create division in other in other parts of the world. And all they saw was this poor Amazonian person bring this little image up, and they're like, you know, this is a good way to teach you about our mother. Have you heard about our mother? Just whatever it may be. So to me, that's a good example of it was not a sin for them to eat the meat sacrificed to an idol. But they did not have the humility, even those priests and bishops, they didn't have the humility to say, you know what? This might be confusing to everybody else that's watching this, what we're trying to do right here. Maybe we should stop, right? So I gave them the benefit of the doubt that I wasn't there. I, I might have done the exact same thing mm-hmm. if I was there, right? I have right. no idea what the situation was. I have no idea who the person was. I have no idea what they, how they explained that Pacamama to me. They might have said, this is our image of Our, our Lady, right? We, we changed her just like Our Lady Guadalupe was, you know, Aztec princess. This is our Amazonian princess in the color and the hair and everything like that. So that's, this is our, I don't know. I don't know. But so I give them the benefit of the doubt, and I say, there before the grace of God go I. God could have easily made me some ignorant Amazonian. Thank God he made me in America where I was brought up in the faith and I learned all this stuff. And, and um, 
I think we, we as Americans, and I'm seeing with people that they fell for the devil's lies some point in their life really hard. And they, they see other people using some of those same code words or something that got them in trouble, like Mother Earth, for example. Mm-hmm. Some people bit into that really hard. Mother Earth is an actual deity or an actual goddess or something like that. Where somebody else uses that and they don't have that baggage and they go, you know, we have a relationship with this world. We have a we and what kind of relationship is we are the child and, and the earth is like our mother, like a mother earth relationship. And Saint Francis would say sister moon and he'd say brother fire, you know, that we have a relationship with these other things that God has created. And what does that relationship look like? But we're we're so stuck in in our baggage where we might have fell hard for that stuff that we get upset. Other people are like, you're going to fall for this. I'm trying to warn you. And we're, we're getting this spiritual pride that, that um, we need to be the savior. We need to be the defender of truth in this area. And some of it is our own spiritual pride that we fell and we're mad at ourselves that we fell for it so hard. Mm-hmm. And I see that with people try to send me, oh, this means – this is a code to, uh, you know, the gay agenda, or this is some bishop did this thing. And that's a Wiccan symbol, and I'm just like, you guys, these guys, these these people, the way they grew up, they didn't, they never fell into that stuff. They never heard about that stuff, mm-hmm. and so we can't um, be associating our past sins with with their current um, predicament that they might be going through. Man, this hour went fast. It's like this last twenty minutes just flew by, yeah. big time. Yeah, when but, I get when I get started, sometimes I just keep going. So no, that's good stuff. And th- these are things that again made me aware of what I've been doing as well. And I'm, I'm a little mm-hmm. bit ashamed of that, but uh, bring out a great point because it's e- easy to kind of take a look at things and just say that's wrong. Yeah, why are we doing that? Yeah, I mean that's me. I mean I, yeah. I, I do that. So. And that was you know that was me too. That was me too because. I remember being in seminary and all these guys and we and I was in seminary we went from JP2 and we went then we went to Benedict 16th and we were like guys this is it we're going to get the faith so purified we're going to be able to, to detect the heretics a mile away and and we're we're the we're the older son we're the older son we know exactly how we should serve the father and all these uh, and we know exactly how the younger son needs to come back if he comes back so um, and and then we had Pope Francis, and you know I like to say this about Pope Francis. I think he's the other side of the coin of of JP two and Benedict because Benedict and JP two they taught the truth with love, but what did the media do? They only stopped the truth. They go, oh, this is too hard, and this is terrible, and they're conservatives and they're all this stuff. You remember what they were going to say about mm-hmm. Benedict sixteenth? He's God's Rottweiler. He was in charge of the Inquisition. He's yeah. just so mean, you know. So they would just stop with the truth, and they wouldn't listen to the rest of the sentence. Right. And I think Pope Francis does. He teaches the love with truth, mm. and people only stop with their love. Is it? Did you hear that acceptance part? Did you hear this part where he said, hey, "Who am I?" You know, and right. and they never listen for the second half of it when he bring, when he brings up the truth, church teaching, right. and the deposit of faith. And we're human beings. We're stuck in time. We got to say one thing after another. So we got to start with either the truth or we got to start with love. And we got to finish with either the truth or the love. And sometimes people won't, won't listen to the whole message. Right. 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 And so that's where we got to, we can't be prideful to say, 
I've got it all figured out. I'm in the I'm in the right camp, and I know which way to step. You know, something else I was going to bring up is is I hear a lot of people sometimes. I've been to I've been to Magigoria, I've been to Our Lady of Knock, I've been to this, I've been, and they and they list all these things, and I go, okay, when's the last time you were at a soup kitchen, or mm-hmm. you visited prisoners, or you went to the hospital and washed bedpans? Great right? point. So they want to. As the, Jesus said about the Pharisees, lengthen their tassels their, and their widen their phylacteries. Yeah. They have all kinds of titles. They have all kinds of experiences. They did all kinds of devotions. They saw all kinds of, of shrines and pilgrimages. And um, God doesn't care about all those titles. That's not how he judges right. us. You know, he told us just the other Sunday he's, you know, that he's going he's gonna to ask us, you know, you served me or you didn't serve me right. in the poor. So yeah. – um, we have to be careful of that pride that we're, we feel so secure because we've been to, we've done so many first Friday devotions, first Saturday devotions, we've mm-hmm. done so many chapels, we've done so many rosaries, and those those are all good, but that's not everything. Right. There's, There's the other side it. of it. That's the truth. The other side of it is the love, right? Is the charity. And so we have to have both of those. We need to have truth and love. We need to have uh, the faith and charity or or we're incomplete and we're stuck in that spiritual pride. Thanks, Father. We are at 3 o'clock here, so we need to go. But okay. uh, So if you would, give us uh, that prayer and a final blessing this yes. afternoon. Yes. Yeah. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord, you are powerful. You are God. You are Father. We beg you through the intercession and the help of the archangels, Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one. All saints of heaven, come to our aid. From anxiety, sadness, and obsessions, we beg you, free us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, envy, we beg you, free us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death, we beg you, free us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion, we beg you, free us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality, we beg you, free us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship, we beg you, free us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult, we beg you, free us, O Lord. Lord, you who said, I leave you peace, my peace I give you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, we may be liberated from every evil spell and enjoy your peace always. And may Almighty God bless all of you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Double-Edged Sword, Cutting to the Heart of a Deceptive Culture. If you can help keep shows like this on the air, please go to dvmercy.com and click on Donate. Your donation will be greatly appreciated. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio 101.7 KJDM, Lindsberg, Salina, 105.7 KMDG Hayes, 88.1 KRTT Great Bend, and 88.1 KVDM Hayes. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.